Hey folks, welcome back. Today, zooming in from beautiful Winnipeg, Manitoba, an old friend, Bryce Kaminsky. And Bryce is a real estate entrepreneur. He's a marketer. He's a coach. He's a social media kind of guy. And we both have a uh, a good mutual friend, the late, great Mr. Stefan Arneo. So great to connect with you again, Bryce. It's been a few years, my friend. Yeah, the last time I think we were face-to-face would have been in Calgary, maybe, maybe in Edmonton. One of those two, we were, we were doing the self-made tour back in the day. Either way, it sounds like it had alcohol involved and it's fuzzy, a fuzzy memory for me too. <laughs> well, I remember you doing a lot of stuff and I actually got, uh, you gave me a, a marketing piece back then. And this is just when I was starting to get into real estate marketing, like the We Buy Houses side. Uh-huh. And I remember looking at it and I was like, I, I I took it back to the office and I dissected it. And I was like, why is this working for him? And I actually uh, owe you, owe you some credit there. Cause my, my marketing piece that really hit was uh, played off of the style in which you wrote it. You know, it was nice. very handwritten and mm-hmm. uh, had urgency in it. And I think that's important for marketing. So I, I, I stole a little bit of your a little bit of your work to make it my own. So like well, anybody hey, does, I, we call that rob and duplicate, and it's it's <laughs> I probably robbed and duplicated it off of somebody else. So it's all good, my friend. That's yeah, just the the spirit of giving, right? That's all right. That's right. Tied out. Exactly. So hey, Bryce, tell us a little bit about your real estate investing background. When, how, and why did it get started? Well, um, it, it all started with Stefan Arneo because we've been doing music together with the um band in University of Manitoba. So he graduated and he said, here, take over this student union thing called um band. So I took it over. Um, that's actually where I met him because my band was playing on one of the shows he was putting on back when we were both musicians. Right. I was probably like 24 or 26 or something like no clue, about, no clue about the world, really. Yeah. And it was a, but, but having a good time, it sounds like, yeah, I mean, being a musician in your twenties is tough. It's Stefan tells the story of like, it's cool to be a skateboarder when you're like 16. And then when you're 20 something, it's still kind of cool, but people start judging you. And then eventually you're like a 28 year old skateboarder and people are like, are you getting paid for this? Cause otherwise <laughs> uh, you should probably call it. So, uh, you know, a couple of years later, actually, because I had followed him on social media now, because we were connected on Facebook, he had uh, a posting that said, looking for an acquisitions manager or acquisitions person to find deals. And I was at this crossroads in my music career because I had ended up going into like music production, recording artists and bands. And, you know, I learned a lot and it's been really helpful with my social media things that I'm doing now. But Eventually, it was that I couldn't make enough money to have the life that I wanted in the music business at the time. I had to either move to Toronto or Vancouver, where the artists were and where the where the work was being done, right? If, if you're a carpenter in the desert, it's hard to find lumber. So I had to go and I had to either move or find something more profitable. And it just so happened that he was posting at the time. And I said, sure, I'll uh, I'll jump on that. You know, I have no problem taking my hand at it. I don't do anything until five o'clock with musicians anyways. It's usually Perfect. To like yeah. two in the morning. And so I started in, I started uh, working for him during the day and doing the studio stuff to pay the bills at night. 
And eventually I started to, you know, it took me a bit. I had some struggles at the beginning. It's commission-based. I wasn't, you know, foreign to that, but it's kind of few and far between. So you don't really get that payout immediately. Yeah. And then it took me about nine weeks to really get Stefan's system of offers and the mindset around making offers. Like the first offer I wrote, I was like 99 grand and it was just this crazy bully offer where I had the whole thing in the deposit. My heart is just racing. I have no idea what I'm doing, but Stefan's like, go out there and make offers. And I didn't understand how like that offer wasn't as big of a deal as it seems and when you're not in real estate. So I made that, started making offers, broke down that wall. Yeah. And uh, did nine deals in nine weeks. And that's where my career kind of kicked off because I, it clicked. And I realized that anyone could really get into real estate if, if that's what if that's what they so desire, right? If they really want to do it, the barrier to entry is very low. So what we, what year would that have been, Bryce? Uh, I remember it was March fifteenth, twenty fifteen. All right, very good. All right, so from twenty fifteen to now, where has your real estate investing journey taken you? What what have you guys? I know Stefan was big into flips. Mm-hmm. Is that what you've stuck with, or have you branched out from that as well? Well. Uh, flipping is like a strategy, right? And I tell people this, especially the people that I'm coaching. I'll, I'll say people really get focused on the strategy. They say, oh, burrs or flips or multifamily. But what I really believe as a real estate, like where my where my passion for it is the acquisition. They All of these business exit plans require an acquisition. So my okay. focus has been finding contracts. And so the majority of my income has been through connecting investors with contracts because they maybe they're at work, you know, maybe they can't get that rental property because they're at a nine to five. So I'll go and find it. And then I'll have a meeting at six o'clock and someone will say, I'll take it and I'll make my short money and I I don't have to manage it or fix it. They want to do all that. They want to play that HGTV life where they go to Home Depot every Saturday and they're going to do that. Like go and do that. That's all good. But I've always really been a big believer that acquisitions is the whole game. Like if you buy wrong, you're sunk. I'm dealing with that on one of my properties. I don't know why I paid so damn much. It's a mistake. As a wholesaler, here's the thing. Never, never go unconditional until you got a buyer. That's the lesson mm. for everyone at home. There you go. So I'm eating my I'm eating my lunch over here and it sucks, but um, I could have avoided it, but I got overconfident. I like to look at the scoreboard as like the whole career though. So if I'm if I'm up 53 to five, that's still a pretty good score. That's score a very good right? score. So exactly. Everyone. Excellent. Makes- well, I, I love, I love how you've kind of really figured out what your strength is. The fact that you, you love the acquisition side of things, which is what you got started in. Mm-hmm. You completely understand that side of the business. You've had a lot of experience in the flip side, but that's a hell of a lot of hard work. And like I say, who the hell wants to go to, Home, do- Home Depot every Saturday and Sunday, right? You got better things to do, so you've you've laser focused in on that, and it 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 keeps you happy. You you got a process. Yeah, you got I, a I think I'm like a salesperson at heart. I like to talk to people and I like to help solve problems. And I think buying discounted property is never about the property and the price. It's can you help someone solve their problem that they got into. And mm-hmm. still have a profitable endeavor for your investor that you're going to be eventually selling it to. Don't get too greedy. You know, if you can only make 500 or a thousand bucks on the assignment, um, 
you're solving a problem and the and I, I like to believe in real estate karma. If you solve enough problems, deals come to you and people start to look at you as the guy who can solve the problem. So if you're taking too much money, this is for the wholesalers at home. If you're taking too much meat off the plate, you're going to get a reputation for that. And uh, people won't won't show up at your wholesale. So well, well, that's that's a good point. Money, right. Right. So what would you say in your market? Everybody's market's going to be different. But what are you looking for as a fair win win, typical kind of a wholesale fee? What's your average? I'm always, I started with Stefan in a fixed rate mentality. So if I found it on MLS, I'd be happy to take two grand off top, off the top. Mm -hmm. And if it was private, I'd be happy to take $5,000 home on that property. So, you know, you do two a month and you're making 10 grand and that's, a, that's a living, mm -hmm. but you know, you can do better. You can get better discounts and things like that. So 5%. You know, if you're if you're gonna be five percent of the ARV after repair value, because essentially you're you're doing what a real estate agent could do if they wanted to and if they were able to, and if they understood it, if they had any well, clue. Basically. We did one last year, and people were were all over us because of what we paid for it, and they didn't understand that we also provided the guy the shipping container to put his stuff in. That's a five thousand dollar down payment against our our wholesale fee and he's only signing that contract if we're going to guarantee it so i can't i got to put five thousand dollars of the company's money on a c can to release the deal to get the keys right and so i can't assign that responsibility to the next person and a realtor can't make that promise right and so exactly. while realtors are great at at buying and selling properties they're not very great at solving problems and that's why wholesaling still exists to this day because as an investor and a wholesaler and connecting with investors, you can make promises that realtors can't. And that's why we're still around. And that's why they can't get rid of wholesaling because we're getting paid not for the work we did, but for the size of the problem that we solve. And sometimes that's, you know, some of the guys that are part of my wholesaling network that I started here in Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Whalers, um, we figured why, why fight each other? when we could work together and so when someone calls one of us they're like hey did you get that call and they're like yeah they called me too and yeah you know we're, we're on the inside instead of fighting with each other we're, well, that's we're smart together right little little cooperation instead of competition yeah hey, and, and Bryce, we still compete you know of course of course Bryce. while i got you on the call i know that you have really dialed in the whole social media side of things so maybe maybe kind of walk us through what does social media marketing look like for you with your wholesale business? I know you help other people out with this as well. What, what are you finding in mid 2023 is working best for you guys? Well, I think, I think one thing that I've really taken is before I, before I started the branding um, exercises in the company, I actually went back and I looked at all of the footage in the archives from Stefan in 2015, 2014, because before that he was relatively unknown. And I said, what does it take for someone to become known? Because he went from unknown to known. And I think the biggest thing, and that's why I, I think a lot of people um, come to you and want to talk to you is you've got the book and you can't, you can't replace the spoke, the written word with any amount of social media reels and things like that. 
you gotta you gotta do long form that resonates with your investor base, which is typically if you're gonna raise one hundred fifty thousand dollars from someone for a real estate deal, having a book doesn't hurt. You know, writing writing two hundred pages about what you think um, definitely gives you the business card versus the guy that's like, oh yeah, I flip houses. It's like, yeah. who, who are you? And you don't have to spend so much time doing that. So I think books are important. Uh, you can't not be on social media, though. I, I know some people like to leverage their book a little too hard. Mm. Um, but it's thought leadership now. You notice if you go on Reels, it's not, it's not enough to say this is how you buy multifamily. You got you to gotta tell someone through your messaging why multifamily is an investment that they should make. And only when they start to believe what you have to say in the sense that they they like you, they know you, they trust you, sales 101, only once you've built that like no trust, does someone eventually decide to buy your opinion. So we, we sometimes think that purchasing is about buying something. But when it comes to being an influencer and, you know, like with your, I know you do great work. I actually had a guy say, oh, yeah, I'm on Sean Nelson's email list. Cause Sean did your program mm -hmm. and I get those emails and they work. I read Sean's videos all the time. And so it's, it's a multifaceted approach, but you have to go where people are watching. You can't, you know, if people aren't listening to the radio, don't run radio ads. So whatever, wherever your, your people are, you gotta be engaging, you know, a guy like myself or yourself, we're probably not going to do super well on TikTok, but you know, someone like Sean hey, Nelson. Hey, 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 watch out. <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe if you want to start doing I'm some of those dances, you can do a dance <laughs> remix, right? My, my, my daughter's a, a social media influencer and I, I'm still trying to get my head around it. But there you anyway, go. Just I, let her be your manager and I'll. Uh, she's too expensive for me. She's oh, too expensive for me now, man. Yeah. She's, she's, she's outpriced you. But essentially, yeah. getting in front of, getting in front of your, your, your people, whatever it is. And building that like no trust and having an opinion. You know, a lot of people are afraid to display their opinions. Mm. And if you don't have an opinion, you, it, you, people that, don't. That, know that's where one to thing go. Stefan was never afraid of. Well, it's part of the, that's why it's part of the program. I teach people <laughs> to have an opinion because there's this, this saying it's uh, stand for something or, or uh, fall, fall for, for anything. anything. Exactly. And so, you know, you got to have an opinion for that's, that's, there and and you got to voice your opinion for people to actually well it's uh, it's, you know, it's gravitate like, to you it's like kennedy diane kennedy always said right the the purpose of your marketing is to attract your ideal prospect and repel everybody else like turn everybody and people else are afraid off. they're afraid to repel yeah. everyone else especially you know? canadians right we we hate the idea of anybody not liking us we we it really hurts our feelings well, it's like Stefan would always say when we would get into discussions, like we would do uh, the self-made event and we'd finish the coaching and the the sales and all that. And we'd be going through the anonymous feedback forms from the event, right? <laughs> so two days of listening to Stefan Arnio and you'd get like something like, oh, when he was really tired or when he was sick, I think there was one like, he looks like a vampire or too many, <laughs> too many uh, racial jokes or something. And we get that stuff. And it was like, yes. But did they buy anything from you, Stefan? Mm -hmm. No, we we know their handwriting because they're anonymous feedback. <laughs> they're not form. that anonymous, said yeah. Though well, the anonymous feedback form matches their uh, assessment form that they right. did earlier in the weekend, so it's not 
it's like, okay, did they buy something? No. So their opinion is not actually one. And then you look at the forms for the people who bought and they'll say something like loved all the race, racist, racist jokes. I totally agree or something. Yeah. And it's, and it's, because he, it's not even a racist joke. It's just one person's uh, opinion. And the people who bought, he knew who he was talking about because he would say after all the, uh, the forms come in, he'd say, love me and I'll forever be in your heart. Hate me and I'll forever be in your mind. So mm. either way, what you want to avoid is indifference is what he would say. If I have indifferent people in the crowd or indifferent people on my social media, that's way worse than having one person hate me for my opinion. Yeah, I think I, 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 I think he. I think he picked up a, a few tips from good old Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, he's a huge Donald Trump fan. And, yeah. and you know, the, a lot of people turned out to be Donald Trump fans when he became the president of the United States. And so, you know, he's doing something right. And, and I think Donald Trump has a great way of polarizing an audience as well. That's Love right. And every, everybody's been, he's, he's able to turn everything it seems like everything to his advantage well be so, okay before we get into too much politics we, type could do, stuff, we could do that all day yeah we could but bryce i think that that um that you got you're really on the the mark there with the social media type stuff so for somebody listening to this saying you know what i gotta i gotta step up my social media game I know you're working with our, our mutual client, Sean, and, and he's having really good success with these reels. Is that mm -hmm. kind of step number one that you recommend folks doing? And if so, maybe explain what does that even look like? How often should you be doing these things? Kind of give us a, a big picture overview of how that works. Well, I think the, the easiest way to answer that is that you have to adopt a mindset that I teach in week two of my program called the infinite game. People, and I used to see this when I was in the recording studio, people would create something and they'd market it for a week. And then if it didn't take off, or even if it did, they would like relax. And mm -hmm. social media, like branding, you can't look at it as social media. You got to look at it as say, how long do I want to make money in my life? And if the answer is forever, then that's how long your social media branding campaign needs to be. And how often you do it is a comfort thing, but deals go to top of mind. You know, if I call realtors all week, they're going to call me back next week. But if I don't call them for a month, they're not calling me back. And so I'm, you know, I started looking at that and I say, how often should you be in front of someone I like to get my clients by week two up to a 14 and three schedule for week three. So it'd be 14 reels a week. So two a day and three medium forms like a YouTube video. And so that's, I'd rather give them more work and have them fall short than give them too little and have them break out because you probably experience this a lot too. One of the things I do in the program is I help people get started writing their first book because I think that's part of being an icon and being a social media presence is capturing that lead in a meaningful way offline. And so people get really afraid of writing a book. They're like, Oh, what? I can't write a book. Blah, blah, blah. Actually with AI and the, the resources and the programs out there, you can totally write a book. I think you help mm -hmm. people write a book or you get them connected with. Uh, well, well what we did is a little bit different. We, we already wrote the book specifically oh, designed like for giving to a prospective real estate investor. And then we just bring on our clients after the fact as co-authors 
and personalize the book for them. Yeah, so perfect. So you yeah. shorten the whole procedure. And what I was getting at with that is that people get nervous about writing a book because they want it to be their best book. And people get nervous about putting out a reel because they want it to be their best reel. And, and it goes on and on and on. And you have to, you have to break down the mentality. And, and what really keyed in for me was I was watching Gary Vee and he said, there's three things about a reel that are important, that it has content, that it has, um, that it's done, and that it has a particular amount of quality. But what happens is people get stuck on quality and never put it out. Same thing with musicians. They'll do a song, not good enough. I'm never putting it out. And so I always remind them that there's recordings from Nirvana, the band, a rock band from the 90s that are amazing, fully produced, Hollywood studio, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And people love that. And there's also recordings of him playing with an old Sony tape deck recorder with an acoustic guitar and it sounds like garbage and people love that too because <laughs> it was done by and him. has content yeah so don't make the quality of your 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 determining factor of your releases just release recalibrate release recalibrate you're going to always be embarrassed by your first book your first song your first haircut you ever gave someone it's always embarrassing but some of you us are still embarrassed by our haircuts, but you know, that's, Oh, you don't even want to see. I haven't, I've been doing construction work with uh, carpenter Johnny out here and uh, <laughs> I haven't made it to the hairdresser. I just keep putting the toque or the hat on, but you can see the hockey hair flowing out the back. But at the end of the day, don't let quality be determined because it's in the eye of the beholder. It's subjective. And you know, done is true. Does it have a message? That's true. Is it good? That's up to the audience. Good. Wise words, Bryce. Well, time flies when we're having fun. If people want to connect with you, find out more, what's the number one place they can go? Uh, I've got a link tree where you can go and link tree Bryce Kaminsky, or just find me on Facebook. Like I'm on it all day. Just message me, DM me. And if you're looking for social media stuff, one thing I will say, and this might be of interest to, to your, your, your crowd, I am in the finishing stages of a pure acquisitions class. So none of this raising money, none of this uh, other stuff that that's done to death. I just want to teach people how to buy and buy houses and, and break down those mindsets. So that's coming up. Keep your eye out. Follow me on social, Bryce Kaminsky on Facebook. You can find me on there and on the link tree. I've got a, a little YouTube that I probably should do more with, but Facebook is there's where it's the, at. There's, the there's only so much a guy can do, right? Facebook. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. it's, there's only so many hours in the day, right? Awesome, Bryce. Great reconnecting. Thanks for joining me on the show. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.